Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The wheel makes its triumphant return to the show with a pool of 16 random players, nine of which we'll be telling you what to do with for this fantasy season, all right here on the Breakout Football Podcast on the Believe Network, sponsored by Link Me. I'm Zach Cohen of the Draft Network, alongside the estimable Colt Topham of Chargers Wire. Look, we got no time to waste on a jam-packed episode, thanks to the wheel of wonder my goodness it is back we got a big beautiful wheel filled with 16 fantasy relevant players which me cole and our guest who i will get to in a second we'll each get three spins in the wheel analysis of three separate players so some of these guys we're not even going to talk about might have to hold that off for a future show just gives you a another list another reason to drop a review to rate follow subscribe do whatever but first before we get into that list of players bringing in a very special guest someone who knows the fantasy community very well which makes him the perfect person to talk about these fantasy relevant players right now in the community you may know him from fantasy pros or at d bro underscore ffb on twitter please welcome Derek brown Derek, man it is great to have you hey guys thank you all for having me um and honestly that was a fantastic intro um <laughs> too kind too much pros i i really appreciate it and yeah we've been talking about this i'm excited to dive into a lot of these players and um is this like the calm before the storm right now i mean like we're at the precipice of redraft season stepping a little bit out of best ball so i the stove is not quite hot shall we say it's not broiling but it's heating up it's been turned on Yep, we gotta get in front of all of that because the second people start getting back into their redraft mode, we've done a lot of best ball con- uh, content this offseason. We've some dynasty content before that. We're turning our sights towards redraft to try and get in front of it all. Of course, I say we about me and Cole, bro. Cole, I haven't even given you a chance to speak yet. What's going on, man? You excited for the wheel? Yeah, I am excited, but I, I wish the viewers could see Derek's background because it's it's amazing. He's got the, the guitar, the, the fantasy pros hat. More books I read in my lifetime. Zach, what happened to yours? There's no jerseys Dude, anymore. I'm moving out of the apartment. I had to take it all down. I just got this plain white wall behind me. Uh, unlike, of course, this beautiful, colorful wheel that we're all staring at. It's got 16 players. About to read them. It's also got two choose your own players. So if you land on a choose, feel free to get nuts and pick whichever player comes to your mind first. Here are those players. By the way, in no specific order, we have Tua Tungavailoa, Pat Fryermuth, Derek Henry, Jerry Judy, Dak Prescott, Alan Lazard, Kyle Pitts, Cam Akers, Gabe Davis, J.K. Dobbins, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Kelsey, Saquon Barkley, Justin Fields, Zach Ertz, and fan favorite of the show, but for all the wrong reasons, DJ Moore. So those are the 16. I say we get things started right away unsure if we'll be able to hear the sound effects through uh this zoom call that we're all having but either way the three of us let's get excited here comes the first spin for you Derek the player you're talking about first is looking like (laughs) there you go it's DJ Moore Derek we talk about Moore 
probably every other podcast just because of how unfortunate the situation is. How do you feel about more in fantasy this season? I have always been a, a DJ Moore stan, uh, a lover of his skill, his talent. The problem is, is that the Panthers don't ever want to feature him in the red zone. We know the volume is there, but unfortunately, um, I've had to take a, a little step back from my heavy DJ Moore love this offseason and really kind of look at it from a bird's eye view for a player that we're not really high on the offense. We know the quarterback play is probably going to be nothing short of terrible. And for as much as I love DJ Moore's talent, like if you were to airdrop him into a number of offenses, we'd be consistently talking about a top eight, top 10 wide receiving talent. But lack of red zone usage and just this overall poo-poo fest of offense that we're seeing, like basically the Carolina Panthers are going to run. Um, I'm probably going to be a little bit lower on DJ Moore than consensus. So Fantasy Pros right now, he has an ADP of wide receiver 18 behind Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf. Uh, I'm sure Cole is seething at that, but either way, he's shaking his head, right? Quickly, you feel good about that, Cole? Yes, no? No, I feel good about it because I feel like unless DJ Moore gets a better offense, he's just not cracking the top 15 like Mm -hmm. ever. Uh, Like you said, the red zone targets is a – is a concern, but also just Darnold at the quarterback and whoever they draft, it's it's going to be at least like two seasons before DJ Moore can can really sniff that that top mm-hmm. fifteen, in my opinion. Yep. Maybe some of these other guys can sniff the top fifteen too. In case you couldn't tell, I tried to weave in players who are top ten locks, top fifteen locks, and some other dart throws. We'll see if Cole gets a dart throw or a player above Morris caliber as we spin the wheel for Cole's first player. Cole, get ready, you're getting. Well, you're getting one of the stars of fantasy, my friend. You're getting <laughs> Derek Henry. What should people be doing with Derek Henry when they go to draft their fantasy team this season? I don't know. Honestly, I think you should be pretty confident drafting Derek Henry. You're getting a really volume-based runner. Um, he, you know, he catches some targets, but you know, not in, he's not going to be a PPR back. But he is the main focus of that offense, and especially with the Titans integrating. Um, like new receivers in the offense. They traded A.J. Brown. Um, Traylon Burks is, is going to be there learning the ropes from Ryan Tannehill. Like this is still focused around Derrick Henry. This offense is built around Derrick Henry controlling the clock um, and running the football down your defender's throats. So Derrick Henry is going to get a lot of volume. He's going to score touchdowns. He's going to get those goal line carries. It's a pretty safe pick, in my opinion, in the first round. Yeah, and Derrick Henry's ADP right now on Fantasy Pros, which, by the way, I use this this consensus ADP rankings all the time, Derek. I don't know who you need to tell uh, at Fantasy Pros, but it's it's phenomenal. It's one of my favorite tools on the internet. They, they have the Henry as number five on the board, fourth running back behind McCaffrey, Eckler, and Taylor, with Taylor at one. Quickly, yes, no. Do we like that ranking for Henry, or should it be prioritized higher, maybe a little bit lower? Uh refresh my memory where where's he at overall when he's taylor eckler mccaffrey and then henry because cups at four so henry is fifth i i have henry way lower than that i'm pulling up my overalls right now i've got henry at 17th overall um and a lot of this comes down to there is a tier of wide receivers that i will happily take over derrick henry there's a lot of running backs that i will happily take over derrick henry um 
like right now, just reading down my list. Um, I've got that whole Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Chase Tier, even Adams, Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, um, Eckler, Barkley, all these different running backs and wide receivers over Derrick Henry. And the reason, yes, if he stays healthy, he's going to be locked into this massive, ridiculous, stupid workload. We know that. But he's also an aging running back. He's also has the volume that's piled up over numerous seasons. This is also an offense that honestly is really teetering on the edge of it would not take a lot for this offense to be bad, like really <laughs> bad. I mean, honestly, you, 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 we saw how bad Ryan Tannehill was last year, losing Arthur Smith. Um, Julio was honestly per route metrics. Julio was not washed. He just couldn't stay healthy. <laughs> um, but you look at, they basically just ran it back with different parts of pieces, expecting similar, if not better results. Like you're asking Traylon Burks to be AJ Brown in this offense, who has legitimately been one of the most elite wide receivers in the NFL. Like the man has never finished outside the top five in yards per run it, in his entirety of his NFL career. And you're asking Traylon Burks to walk into that role and at least be like somewhat of a similar yet maybe watered down version of that. Oh, and we have Robert Woods, who was a declining player even before the ACL. Like you look at his yards per run, they had dropped in each of the last four years. What's the reason why I was so high on Cooper Cup last year? So if Woods is, I mean, projecting a, a, a wide receiver that's past the age of 30 to magically and coming off an ACL to magically turn back the clock, be better and be a more productive player than he had or more efficient player than he had been in some time. And you're asking a rookie who now we've heard various reports. I'm not really just so much buying into that. And Austin Hooper is going to be the starting tight end. This offense could be not even close to as efficient as his, it has been in previous years. And we know the pace is going to suck. Even with the volume, Derrick Henry might not be in the red zone as often. And if the volume also catches up to him, it might not be great. And so I, I honestly, in best ball and redraft, I have Derrick Henry ranked where I have him because I'll take all the wide receivers. I'll take the running backs that catch passes over him. And I'll take players, honestly, as well from better offenses over Derrick Henry. Wow. We, that was great value. That was like a three for one. We got your that was Henry a great takes. dump of knowledge right there. <laughs> we got your Burks take. We got your Woods take. I don't know how I can follow that, but hey. Look, I told you, you said before we got on here, we were going to go for 25 or 30 minutes. And I was like, these guys have never done a show with me. Obviously, they don't know how much I run my mouth. Like, that's still being really presumptuous. And you have no clue how much I just don't shut up. So, good luck, everybody. This is probably not going to be 30 minutes. <laughs> well, then let's get it rolling, shall we? My first spin. I'm dying to talk about one of these guys. Uh, again, players I've been seeing talked about a lot in the fantasy community. And, oh, man, there was... It was so close to Gabe Davis, and I was ready to rant about Davis. But instead, we got J.K. Dobbins. And look, I've loved the players since Ohio State. And like, I've thought coming to the NFL, he could be a really good workhorse back. And that's really the thing I look for. I don't think he's a good RB1. He shouldn't be your first running back. I think there's still a lot of – he's splitting time. He's going to be splitting time with Gus Edwards. And, of course, the biggest rushing threat isn't even a running back. It's Lamar Jackson. So to bank on Dobbins each week, it's – does he have the talent? Yes. Is Baltimore going to be running the ball a lot for sure? But is that share going to be big enough of their run rates? 
I don't necessarily know. As a second running back, it really depends on who your first running back is. Third running back, I'm totally fine with that because the upside is there. But we have yet to really see any Ravens running back take the reins of that offense away from Lamar Jackson and away from their other running backs as well. So Edwards goes down. Baltimore finds someone else. Look what they did all last year, just churning through running backs. And again, maybe that is only because they needed guys to fill in off the practice squad. We all remember that Tyson Williams hype. That was not going anywhere. But my point is, I just can't trust the Ravens to give Dobbins or really any running back a big enough workload to justify uh, Dobbins' price. Right now on Fantasy Pros, his ADP is running back 21. Again, that's an RB2 right there if you're playing 12-team leagues. I'm a little bit out on him as my second running back. Third running back, though, I think I can take the upside. So already, we've talked about Derrick Henry. We've talked about J.K. Dobbins, and why can't I remember the first receiver who we literally just talked about? Who was that again? That's embarrassing. DJ Moore. DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. Oh my! How how could I forget about Moore? We always talk about him. So those every are our episode. first three guys. Literally, yeah, literally every episode. It's nuts. So those are our first three guys. Before we get into the next six batch of players that we will give our analysis on or outlooks. We got to give a shout out to our beloved sponsor, LinkMe, L-I-N-K-M-E. Not only are they one of the world's fastest growing social media apps, but it's a link sharing website. It's perfect for people like me, Cole, or Derek, or really anyone out there who produces things on the internet to have all of their content in one easy spot. Just in my Twitter account, at ZachCohenFB, you could see my LinkMe username in my description. You click that, you have access to my YouTube, my Venmo if you're so generous. I'm just kidding. Uh, my Twitter, my TikTok, website. Heck, I can even put my PS4 uh, username if I wanted to. That's LinkMe, L-I-N-K-M-E. Shout out to them for being such a great sponsor for us. And with that, I was going to do a spinning pun, Cole. Cole knows how much I love my puns, but I was going to say let's keep uh, the episode spinning here, which we're going to do anyway because we have our second batch of players for each of us. Derek, my man, you are on the clock with this player right now. I feel like Pat Sajak, and you're getting Dak Prescott. And I saw you talked about the Dallas Cowboys the other day in an article for Fantasy Pros. Enlighten the people. How should we value Dak Prescott in fantasy this season? He is being slept on. I feel like he's dropping in best ball rankings. It's almost like people have said, all right, we've had two years we've been in on the Dallas Cowboys offense, right? Like saying, oh, it's going to break out. It's going. It's going to go up. And they've been disappointed. Mari Cooper's disappointed people. CD Lamb hasn't had this magical elite season And now you see Dak Prescott not being talked about in the top five, top seven. A lot of times he's dropping and dropping in best ball drafts. I'm I'm in on Dak Prescott. I I don't really understand why everybody's going to falter on him. We know the Dallas Cowboys, they've retooled their offensive line. We know they're going to be top 10 in pace. We know they're going to be top 10 in passing rate. And now a year coming off the injury, they're talking about Dak is going to run again. So why are we not in on Dak Prescott? Uh, I, I love him. I, I think that if you're looking for a quarterback that is sitting in that, that late QB one range uh, or you're waiting a redraft or you're going in best ball drafts and you're saying, all right, 
Who's a guy where I could stack some pieces late? Who am I going to target? Dak Prescott is a, a quarterback I'm going to be heavily exposed to because if the rushing comes back and you marry that with the pace and the passing rates and things like that, um, Dalton Schultz, love him this year. I think that he can step up. If that happens, people are sleeping on the Dallas offense in the sense of outside of C.D. Lamb, nobody really wants a part of the Dallas offense. Zeke is cheap. Tony Pollard goes where he goes. I, I'm, I'm just buying back into the Dallas offense, and Dak is a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you right now that we here on the Breakout Football Podcast on the Believe Network, sponsored by Link Me, we think C.D. Lamb has potential to be the overall wide receiver one yep. in fantasy. So, yep, you agree. There you go. And clearly, clearly, Dak Prescott has to be a big benefactor from that. So Dak Prescott's thoughts from Derek Brown at D underscore FFB on Twitter. Coleman, man, you're up. There's still three quarterbacks left on the wheel. Not as proven as Dak. Perhaps you get one of them on this turn. Nope. You get someone pretty darn proven. Some may dare say is one of the most valuable fantasy assets over the last few years. Tight end Travis Kelsey. And we all know how much you love tight ends, Cole. Well, I mean, this is a tight end that I actually want to talk about because he's actually in the tier that I want to draft from. Um, uh, we had Todd Wright on the show yesterday, and he uh, it, w- it was so nice of him to like agree with us how tight ends are just so irrelevant in fantasy football outside of like the top five. And he said he has a league where uh, the tight end spot is completely converted into another wide receiver spot, or you could play a tight end there. So it's kind of like a tight end wide receiver flex. And I thought that was the greatest thing ever. Um, and I want to implement that in my league immediately. But if you have Travis Kelsey, you're probably putting him in that spot because, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is still there. They brought in inferior wide receiver talent. Um, Juju, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, I think he'll play his slot role there. But I don't see him taking the majority of, of Tyree Kill's targets, nor do I think MVS is going to be like a major staple in the offense. I mean, yeah, with MVS, like if you can't make it work with Aaron Rodgers, how are you going to make it work with Patrick Mahomes? Um, I mean, that's just kind of my mentality with that situation. So I think the majority of the target share and all, all the volume, it's going to go to Kelsey. It's going to go to Patrick Mahomes' rock. And so I think he's, he stays at the top of the tight end game and, I don't really see that changing anytime soon. Fantasy Bros has him as their tight end one. Hard to argue against that. I mean, there really is a whole big tier after Kelsey and Andrews drop off. Uh, some of the other tight ends we got on this wheel, though. Actually, that's not true. We still got Kyle Pitts on here, Zach Ertz, Pat Fryermuth. All possibilities. Maybe Cole will be so lucky to get another tight end on his next spin. But first, God forbid. <laughs> I got to go a second time. So the wheel keeps spinning around here on the breakout football podcast on the believe network sponsored by link me and Cole, your chances of getting a tight end on your last try are saved a bit because I'm talking about another Zach, Zach Ertz. At first I was wondering if he's a bit undervalued right now, because look, he currently tight end nine on fantasy bros. And then I realized, you know what? That's probably fair. Should we see a spike in his production over the first six weeks when Deandre Hopkins is suspended? Yeah, for sure. But he actually was relatively nice at the end, toward the end of last season. I mean, he was, he was a tight end one after his trade from Arizona. He was a guy you could start maybe not every week because there are only a few of those tight ends that you can realistically get 
double digit points from each week. But Ertz's upside is there enough, especially with <clears throat> without Hopkins. Yeah, they have AJ Green. Sure, Antoine Wesley's a bigger body, but don't get it twisted. Arizona's doing two things in the red zone handing off to James Conner, who's also undervalued, or passing it to Zach Ertz, at least until DeAndre Hopkins gets back. I think that alone, that chunk of production alone, maybe that does bump him up a couple. I like the tier he's in. He's with these other tight ends who have the opportunity, maybe aren't as consistent. Like he's one spot behind Dallas Goddard right now, one spot ahead of Dawson Knox, two spots ahead of Pat Fryermuth, who's also on the wheel. I like that value. Though I do acknowledge that his upside, despite being an older tight end, maybe on the back half of his career, I still think that doesn't matter too much. He's in a good spot where he can produce each week, especially, and I can't stress this enough, especially without DeAndre Hopkins. I like him more in best ball for that reason, but for redraft, which is what we're talking about on this show, I'm more than content with having Ertz. If I do miss out on a top tight end, waiting a couple rounds and then snagging Ertz, depending on how the board falls. So Zach Ertz. Travis Kelsey, Dak Prescott, three more players left to talk about. Not a single one of us have had the choose option. We have all been uh, victims of the wheel. Will that trend continue with Derek, your final spin, man? Maybe you'll get a a choose option. Nope. Instead, you're getting an... I will happily take this one. Yeah, you seem very happy about someone who has been... So talked about this offseason, running back, Saquon Barkley, spill the beans, Derek. How we feel about Saquon this year? Love him. Love him. Um, now he, you see his ADP creeping up as it should be. If you're doing early best ball drafts, you are not going to see him fall like you were. I have him as my RB7 in fantasy. And if you think that's a hot take, obviously you've never seen peak Saquon Barkley. Uh, I think that he he's in that contingent of could he be the RB1 overall in fantasy this year? I think that people ha- are a little bit out over their skis. Everybody gets so worried and hurt all to their core over this player's been injured. Ooh, I don't want to draft him again. Nah, 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 nah. That type of bias is bad. Don't be like that. It's fine. You, you have Saquon Barkley. I was stuck inside of a broken offense. We know that I could go on rants and raves and give you 10 minutes of Joe Judge just god-awfulness. But the reasons to be high on Saquon this year, yes, it's all Brian Dable. That's great. That's grand. We know he's going to catch passes. Oh, he's lining up all over the field. We that, that That's wonderful. That's, that's grand. The reason I love Saquon this year is because he is going to be running behind the best, the best, offensive line he has seen since he has come to the NFL this offensive line has never ever 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 in any season that he is and you can find these stats over on my team series that I've started on fantasy pros for the Giants uh is the one that I'm referencing Saquon has never run behind an offensive line that's finished higher than 20th and it might be off the top of my head 20th or 24th one of those two numbers in adjusted line yards and second level yards and if you don't know what those metrics are that's fine but basically how often a team is plowing the road for him both opening up running lanes and getting him into the second level of a defense now you have an offensive line that andrew thomas was really good last year and they added evan neal and oh my lord they added john feliciano and mark lanisky who those two guards on top of adding Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas to shore up the tackle spots. Well, they didn't add Andrew Thomas. He's a holdover. The guards, 
if in the last two years, guys, they've been top 20 in PFF run blocking grades for zone run blocking. This team is going back to his own run scheme. Saquon could ball out. This, uh, this Giants offensive line could be top 10 in run blocking this year. And I don't, again, I don't think that it's a hot take. So yes, count me as all in on Saquon Barkley this year, running behind the best offensive line he's ever seen, catching passes in a better offensive scheme. Yeah, I, and as well, he's playing for the bag. He's playing for a new contract. So you know he wants to get paid. I want all the Saquon Barkley I can get. All of it. Wow, just waxing absolute poetic about Saquon's. My goodness, yeah. If, if anyone is out on Saquon Barkley, hard to be convinced otherwise just based on that, Derek. So, Cole, my man, I do not know how you follow that up, but I guess we'll give it a try. Maybe you get to choose a player this time. Maybe you get a tight end. There's still oh, – man, my math. Whatever. I'm not going to do it. I'll give me him. Oh, 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 go, oh, go, no. go. Oh, we're going to count it. No, we're going to count no. it. Yes. Let's go. Right, we got to explain um, to the to listeners what just happened. It literally landed on the crack <laughs> between Pat Fryermuth and Tua Tungavailoa, and they gave me another tight end. But um, it landed on Pat Fryermuth, right? And this is a guy that's, um, you know, in a, in a Steelers offense that seems kind of jam-packed full of talent, right? Like, uh, if you want – um, if you want Kenny Pickett to survive in his first season, then it's going to be with a lot of pass catchers. And luckily, Pat Fryermuth is, um, you know, emerging in that offense. But, you know, I actually like Pat Fryermuth a lot compared to, you know, the rest of the tight ends in, in fantasy right now. And I think he's, he's more than just a, a red zone hog. I think he can actually, you know, work over the middle of the field and be a nice safety blanket for his rookie quarterback in, in his first season. Um, and I think he proved that last season that he's he's more than just you know a blocker for Najee Harris or or a role player like this is a guy that can actually be versatile on an offense and and so I've liked what I've seen from Pat Farmers. I think the Steelers can expand his duties in the offense a lot this season and you know I'd, I'd probably draft him um, if you don't want to reach for a tight end which. I love to do. I love to punt the position. Then I'll definitely be looking at Pat Fryermuth in my redraft drafts. Where, where do you have him ranked? Uh, just because I'm curious, because I find myself really low on Pat. So Fantasy Pros has him as tight end eleven. Oof, well, you can you can go first. But... Nowhere near there. So I got to I got to hear where you guys are, and then I I, I guess I'm gonna be I, I'm gonna be the shade th- tosser here. Like I. I I don't get it. I don't really understand why the hell he's that high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably, honestly, I think, yeah, that that like tier three, that tight end, tight end ten, tight end eleven is probably where I'd, I'd have him because I definitely have him over over Cole Komet. Um, I, I'm surprised Ooh. to see Dawson Knox so low at thirteen, but I guess he's really touchdown dependent, so that makes sense. So I don't, honestly think the consensus ranking at, at around ten or eleven is is where I'd have him because I wouldn't rank him over Ertz. No, I, I have him at tight end 19. Um, I mean, here, here's the thing. What, what, are, what are we hoping for out of this offense in Pittsburgh? How many pass catchers do we really realistically think that an offense led by either Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky can sustain? Do we honestly think that that's going to be a high-flying offense and it's going to put up just just a bevy of points? <laughs> and if we don't think that, and you have Deontay Johnson, and people hate Chase Claypool, I don't really get it, but they do. <laughs> um, 
and people love George Pickens, and we know Najee is going to catch passes. So you're looking at Fryermuth is the third or fourth option in an offense that nobody should be like clamoring for, and and as well, what's the ceiling for him? He literally led all tight ends in red zone targets last year. First, first, he was up near the top of the board. Even if you go like you toss wide receivers, running backs, everybody into that mix. Pat Fryermuth got the red zone role of all red zone roles. And last year, do we really think that he's going to reprise that? Like he's going to lead or be top five in red zone targets last year. So I'm like, well, they're probably going to come down. I'm not pegging him to get anywhere close to the top five, much less hell lead the league as far as tight ends go. I don't really see the upside scenario case for Pat Fryermuth. Like, even if we want to put him in the top 12, like, I think the Steelers are going to be more run heavy this year because they're going to want to either, they're not going to go pass heavy like they did with Ben um, and lean on what Mitchell Trubisky or their rookie quarterback. And so they're going to pass less, at least how I'm projecting them. He's probably not going to lead all tight ends and red zone targets again. I, I really, I have a hard time envisioning the upside scenario case for Pat Fryermuth, much less like even him getting close to the top 12. Like I have him in a tier with <sighs> Gerald Everett, um, Dawson Knox, Gasecki, Hunter Henry, all these types of guys who either have, they're in really, really good offenses or they can project for decent volume or similar red zone roles. So I, I just don't understand why he's going to be a, he's a top 12 tight end. I, I don't get it guys. I definitely feel people are overrating the upgrade because it is an upgrade. Let's be honest. Big Ben was not good last year. I would rather have Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, but that's the thing is even if it is an upgrade, which again, even if it is, we don't know, it's still a small upgrade. And you are right. For some reason, Big Ben was, they were letting him throw like it was 2007 again for some reason. Not entirely sure why. Where he's being drafted ben, right now. Because Ben was the one directing the offense. He's like, I want to pass. We're going to pass. You know, like. It was his farewell tour. Like he kind of got control of the offense and what he wanted to do with it. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that there's been a lot of things come out about like Canada wants to run motion. Canada does or did the wants to, you know, a lot of wrinkles of his system. Ben was like, I'm not doing that. I want to sit in shotgun and we're going to throw and I'm going to get rid of the ball fast. So, yeah, have fun with that, Canada. He seems more like a like I, I wouldn't even say he has a high floor, uh, a high ceiling, but I wouldn't say his floor is too low either, because even if you do take away like what like i don't know the numbers off my top of my head i don't i don't know numbers of a 20 percent of his targets and just like 20 percent of the passes in general from pittsburgh still like yeah he'll have a red zone presence will it be dominant no will he be the second best pass catcher on pittsburgh maybe not i mean it's possible and in certain weeks deontay johnson will always be the target leader for sure but i guess it just kind of depends down what type of matchup they're going to get for his adp where he's being uh, projected to get drafted around like Goddard, Ertz, Knox, all before Fermuth. I'm fine with that just because we've seen either more consistency with them or more upside with them. And that doesn't have to, that's not a knock on Fryermuth because he's only played one season. I just do, does do think there is some trajectory in that, but at the same time, where 
where does it where does it stop compared to the other tight ends? Because I think there's a big gap between Frymuth and then the rest of the board, like the Gasickis, Komets, Irv Smiths, Noah Fines. I'm just going off fancy really? ADP right now. I'm like, do I really want these projects that we haven't really seen much of of and have already been multiple seasons? That's where I stand on the tight ends. So glad that we got to get that big rant Colson there loving it he he loves those tight ends we still. were to crack away from me showering praise on Tua. were you were you gonna shower i praise was on about him? to i was about to say wow what? there's so much you're gonna say you're in a safe space has man. anyone considered it's actually good like he's wow. he might actually be good this season well he let's... is actually good I'll, I'll back that up oh there you go okay as a um resident Dolphins fan of the show. I've always been pretty neutral on him. I think it's the possibilities there. Adding two of the fastest playmakers in football certainly helps. I'll take two as my quarterback too any day, but maybe, maybe he's the player. Maybe I just spoiled my entire rant on him. I don't know. We still have him as a possibility. Jerry Judy, uh, Dave Kluge's resident stud, Alan Lazard, Kyle Pitts, Cam Akers, Gabe Davis, Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Fields. Kind of already warmed up the Tua here. So if it's a choose, I'm going to choose Tua. But it looks like it's Alan Lazard. Great. Great. Uh, we had Dave Kluge on the show. She's, it feels like just yesterday, but really it was probably a few months ago at this point. And he's since cooled off a little bit on Lazard as being like, oh, like this is a wide receiver one in the making type thing. Uh, do I think the upside's there? Yeah, but I think people are really overrating just – the vacant targets on this offense. If anything, if I'm buying a Green Bay Packer to catch more passes this year, it's Aaron Jones. Have we seen Lazard really take over and fill this role that Adams once did? We saw it in a couple games at the end of last season. We haven't seen it consistently enough where there's still a large enough drop-off from his ceiling. Now, with that said, at his ADP, it's totally okay to buy in on him, you know, at his upside as I currently search for it on Fantasy Pros. Uh, it's pretty far down. Yeah, wow, it's really far down. I could have sworn it was much higher, but wide receiver 51, that's in the range, depending if you're two receiver league, that's in the range of like your back end wide receiver two, maybe your high end wide receiver three right there as a wide receiver three, totally fine on taking that upside, especially if you can get Aaron Rodgers, who is being like the 12th quarterback drafted in most drafts right around there, pair him up with that. Sure. I'm fine with it. I still think there's a lot to bank on with asking him to be your wide receiver one, your wide receiver two. Again, it's fine. He should be the number one pure wide receiver in green Bay, but I still think there's enough risk where you shouldn't bank on him to be one of your two main starters simply because we haven't seen it. We don't Aaron, look Aaron Rodgers, man. If he does find his guy, maybe that is Lazard. Who knows? We've seen some inklings that that could be that guy for him. If Rodgers zones in on guys says, you know what? You're my new Devonte Adams. You're my new Jordy Nelson. You're my new uh, Donald driver, right? Then yeah, that will be the wide receiver one for Green Bay. It is a fantastic situation for any receiver, especially Lazard, Christian Watson still there too, to be playing with Rodgers. With that said, I'm fine with Lazard as ADP, especially this one. He's being drafted ahead of Rondell Moore, ahead of Kenny Galladay. I love that. Behind Tyler Boyd, behind Michael Gallup, behind Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Russell Gage, Kadarius Toney. He's a guy I would certainly consider. And of course, you should do so any quick thoughts before we uh head up on out of here and preview what's to come Derek with Lazard 
I like Lazard. I like where he's going. I have him as my wide receiver 45. Him and Watson are right next to each other. Um, the upside case for Lazard is that when I look back into his numbers and trying to figure out what this Green Bay Packers passing attack looks like, Rodgers is not throwing deep a ton. Like basically over the last three, since 2019, he's finished 13th, 8th, and 13th in targets zero to nine yards. And that's honestly, if you're building the upside case scenario for Lazard, that's a great thing for Lazard, considering in those three years in yards per route run in the short areas of the field, he's finished seventh, first, and 25th in yards per route run on short targets. So if you're going to build the upside scenario for Lazard, uh, that's that's kind of the avenue that you want to, or at least the picture that we're painting here. Um, I honestly think that it, it could go back and forth between him and Christian Watson. I like Lazard as an upside play where he's going. If he gets expensive or he, get, he gets steamed after some camp reports, I'll probably just pivot to Christian Watson, who everybody hates right now because he's a small school guy, like all the, the combine hype. And they're like, oh, he's he can't be that good, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, he's actually really good. Um and people just don't want – I think it's 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 one of those scenarios where a player gets hyped so much and either you see the consensus say, yes, all right, let's put him on our shoulders and we're going to carry him through the streets and we're going to have a beautiful, wonderful parade and everything's going to flow. Pop the champagne. Let's go. That's not the, that's not the scenario that we're seeing right now. Everybody's like, eh, that parade's a little <laughs> bit early. We've wanted wide receivers to land in Green Bay and Kansas City, but now we don't like them. We hate them. And that's really what we're having with Watson right now. So depends on where he goes in drafts. I could see the upside case scenario for Lazard, but I can also paint you a really pretty one for Christian Watson as well. I mean, Derek, you were at the Senior Bowl, right? Like you saw Christian Watson tear up all, every single cornerback. I saw him dominate corners the entire damn week and basically get open at will and one-on-ones and people that say, well, it's just one-on-ones. I mean, <laughs> every wide receiver gets open at one-on-ones. Okay. You apparently weren't watching all the, uh, the snaps and all the, the routes that Romeo dubs was running then because he couldn't there get open Terry anything. <laughs> um, same, you know, so I've seen the guy up close and this is not me, you know, walking out here to touch some grass right now, but like, I've legitimately seen him run routes. I've seen him against better competition. That's not FCS corners and him get open. And he did the same things in the senior bowl game. I'm higher on his game than a lot of other people. I don't think he's nearly as raw as people say. I really think a lot of this we're hearing the bias because he's a guy that was hyped to hell and back. He's a little bit older and he came from a small school. All those things still don't mean that he cannot break out in a big, big way, like legitimately. And people always push back to me. And I'm going to give this, this final stat on Christian Watson. I don't, I don't want to go on a long love letter rant. I could, but I'm not um, for time's sake here, but you're telling me Christian Watson amongst all wide receivers last season. If you lump every FBS, every FCS receiver with 50 or more targets last year, Christian Watson led the nation, led everybody all of those wide receivers, everybody, and yards per route run. But he's not good, and he's a little bit raw, and he's not refined. Oh, wait. All of that could be bullshit. 
So yes, I'm in on Christian Watson. <laughs> I that was perfectly said. I don't even, dude. I this was already like shaping up to be one of my favorite shows, and then we just had the Fryermuth and the Lazard rants, and I loved them. It was great, man. It was awesome having you on. Hope uh, you loved the wheel. Hopefully, we could have you back at some point soon. For everyone who loved, or you know, as we like to say on the show, or didn't like what Derek had to say, you feel free to let him know on Twitter at dbro underscore FFB. You can find his work on Fantasy Pros. He's given the hands motion, like bring it on. Derek, my man, it was so great to have you on. We really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, it, look, if you don't swim in the same direction and a lot of people sometimes, I look, I just stay with the process. What the numbers tell me is, is kind of how, how I go. And, that, and that's really what I'm looking at. But you throw things out that aren't with the, the lovely consensus and people want to jump in your mentions. That's fine. You can jump in my mentions. I don't care. We can talk about it. Let's go. Perfect. Well said, man. Well, great fit for the show. Uh, and for those who uh, like or don't like what Cole and I had to say, because that's what we always say here, uh, you can follow Cole at Ham Analysis on all social media. I am at Zach Cohen FB. Also on all social media, as always, you know, feel free to leave a review, drop a rating, follow, subscribe, the whole nine yards for the Breakout Football Podcast here on the Believe Network, sponsored by Link Me. Cole, my man. You can wrap it up. I'm out. Yeah, we got to do this wheel again at some point. Maybe later down the summer with a with another guest. But I think this was a good idea. Um, but anyway, thanks for thanks for Derek for coming on. This was definitely super fun. Um, and Zach and I will be back next week with a, another creative segment. Probably we'll, we'll get in the lab and and tinker with it. But anyway, that's been the Breakout Football Podcast for this week. Stay locked. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.